The Google Podcast app is going away in April. Right now, I want you to take a look at the podcast app you're using right now. Maybe it's time for a new one. Check out podcastapps.com and try a new one for free right now. That's podcastapps.com. The Sound Off Podcast. The podcast about broadcast with Matt Kundal. Starts now. In July 2016, one of the first persons I met on day one of my very first podcast convention was Jessica Rhodes. She had a booth set up for her company, Interview Connections. Since then, Interview Connections has gone from a six-figure to a seven-figure company in the course of a few years, and she's on her way to taking it to eight figures. Back in 2016, she was explaining to me how podcasting worked and how she gets guests for podcasters while helping podcasters find guests. And I, in my radio naivete, thought, who the hell is having trouble finding guests for their podcast? Well, as it turns out, not everyone looks at your podcast like a radio station. As I found out over the years, people are busy and it takes a lot of organization to get people booked in and to find the right people for the right podcast. That's one of a zillion lessons I've learned on the way to building the SoundOff Media Company. And I've got a number of people acting as mentors for my business. Jessica is one of them. She was one of the very first guests I had on this show five years ago. Since then, I've been watching her and her company grow and taking notes on how she does it. And I'm so thankful to have her back to share the story of her success and that of Interview Connections. Jessica Rhodes joins me from Providence, Rhode Island. The first service I offered was for podcast hosts to get guests. And then it really shifted into people wanting to be guests on podcasts. So we offer both services, but the majority of our business is entrepreneurs that want to be booked as a guest. There's lots of shows out there, but the entrepreneurs that we work with don't really know how to find them. They don't really know how to pitch. And most importantly, they don't have the time to figure out that all out or do all of that. So yeah, it's bring in the right people together. It's the matchmaking that that's what we focus on. So when you think back to five years ago and you had an idea to why podcast guesting works, is that answer still the same today? Why does podcast guesting work? Yeah. And in fact, I just had a consultation call today and the question she asked was, you know, we haven't done podcasting before. This is new to us. Like, what if we change our mind? What if we change our strategy? I said, what podcasting does, what podcast guesting does specifically is it allows you to network with peers, with fellow entrepreneurs, and then it gets you in front of target audiences. So if you think in a few months, you're not going to want to network and you're not going to want to be in front of new audiences, then maybe not. But most likely as an entrepreneur, you're never going to want to stop networking. You're never going to say, I don't want to be seen by new audiences. So while the strategy is new to a lot of people, at its core, what it is, it's networking and visibility. And that is timeless. When I first met you, you had a six-figure business. And now it's a seven-figure business. And it actually got from six to seven very quickly. Is there one thing in particular that contributed the most to its ascension? Uh, a lot of grit and hustle. <laughs> That's honestly getting from six to seven figures was really, it was so much just grit. It was wanting it. It was being super hungry. It was dialing for dollars. Like it was just being super hungry for it. 
the ascension from seven to eight, we realize is much different. It's not as much grit and hustle and, and it's, it's, it's a different energy, but six to seven, it's just about working your butt off. <laughs> you had two young kids at home and actually they're still young, mm-hmm. but I'm like, if she can do it with two young kids at home and my kids are, you know, have one foot out the door, I should be able to get something together. So thanks for the, uh, so thanks for the push. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. One of the decisions that you made, though, was to have an actual physical office for interview connections. I'm going to guess that it's located in Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> but the option is there for so many people to just keep it virtual. I don't want to pay for a space for rent. I don't need to do that. But you really wanted to do that. So why did you want to do that? And what has it meant to the business? So I wanted to have a space where my team and I could be physically together. That was part of my vision was to be able to work collaboratively, to be able to have that in-person energy. Like I'm an extrovert, so I really like being around other people. I get a lot of energy from just visually seeing my team physically in the same place. Now, that has since changed when COVID hit, we all went virtual overnight, as I think everyone did. And our lease on our office space was up before we would have gone back. And we decided not to renew. And I am so happy working remotely again. <laughs> um, and I think our, our team is too. So we've, you know, it's interesting because what you want five, six years ago is is different. You know, it's, things change, things evolve. So I, I got my taste of working in person, but the business has grown so fast that if we were to stay in person, we would have had to keep moving to bigger and bigger offices, which is very expensive. So we decided to cut that out. So did you have like a lot of people sort of walking off the street and go, hey, what happens here at Interview Connections and what's podcasting? Not at all. <laughs> we were we were in an office suite um, in a building that didn't have a lot of walk-by traffic. So no, we really didn't get any of that. <laughs> this does dovetail a little bit into your current move because you're moving into a new house. So what allotment have you made for your office space at home? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, so we just moved. And in fact, one of the things that I had on my vision board a couple months ago was to have somebody help us pack and move and unpack us. And I fulfilled that vision and it was a total dream come true. So we moved on a Monday, went on vacation on Tuesday for two weeks. And while we were away, I had a home organizer unpack us. So we came home to a house that we could pretty much settle into and just do some nesting. So I have an office in the house. It's great. I share it with my cat because <laughs> she's very old. And my husband's like, no, she she just needs to stay in your office. So it's like our little, it's like the gal pal suite. And it's great. And I've got a, I've got a standing desk situation and a couch. And it's just, it's awesome. That's your second run at a standing desk because you did it before and then you abandon it. See, this is my this is my trick. I am either standing on calls or on interviews, or I'm sitting on a nice couch behind me. So there's it's either comfy town or standing up. So that's that's what I do now. Tell me about finding a business partner in Margie. Yeah. When do you know that it's all going to fit and that the business relationship is going to work so well? We have a really special relationship. It's a really special partnership. It's it's much different than I think a lot of other business partnerships out there that maybe come together for very like financial and like on paper, like we're going to bring our businesses together. Margie and I are, it's like we're in a platonic business marriage. Like that's really what it is. We balance each other out in all the right ways. We worked together a long time ago before 
before entrepreneurship was a part of either of our lives. So I had already known her. And actually what brought us together was this cat, you know, her dad died and I adopted his cat. And that was just like this bond that, that brought us together. We vibe and have so much synergy in business and we just have a lot of trust in each other. We've done a lot of personal development work together, going through landmark, just continuing that work through coaches we work with. So it's been incredible. I I could not keep growing this business and keep running it without her. And she feels the same way about me. So it's been great. But you also both take time out to podcast as well, because I know Margie did a great episode about the passing of her dad. And you've done some great episodes and turned me on to some, to some people as well. You also had a podcast many years ago with your husband talking a lot about, about parenting. So when is the time right for you to come out and say, we're going to do a podcast? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, I totally forgot about the Parenting Roads podcast. We did like, that was a show that didn't have a lot of staying power, but, um, <laughs> we asked Marky and I both, we love podcasting. You know, she has a great show called We Get It, Your Dad Died, and she's been working on that. She's doing the season model where she, you know, drops several episodes and then hunkers down and works on the next season and we'll drop them. And that's super high quality. So my focus on podcasting is really on the consistency of monetize the mic. It's changed names a few times over the seven years that I've had it. But that's really my focus is keeping this podcast going week after week. And, you know, Margie really puts her creative energy into her show, which is a lot of overlap too, because she's interviewing high achieving entrepreneurs um, as well, just on a topic that's a little bit different from business. You know, a lot of people, they'll say to me, oh, how do I market my podcast? Do I go on Twitter? Is it going to be Instagram? But for you and your business, you're incredibly comfortable on Facebook. Yeah. There's not a day goes by that someone's popping up live from Interview Connections to, you know, make connections and talk a little bit about podcasting. So tell me about the power of Facebook and why it works for your business. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Facebook has been, uh, you know, it's a love-hate relationship, if I'm going to be honest with you. It's it's a way to connect with people. And that's the thing. We use Facebook. We use Instagram. We use LinkedIn. Really at the core of our marketing strategy is on connections and relationships. And yes, we are running ads. So that's where a lot of people, you know, see us on their feeds because we have a great ads team that makes it so we are everywhere all the time. Um, but as far as Facebook, you know, we utilize our Facebook group for different launches that we do. That's sort of a nice place where people can all come together. Unfortunately, Facebook is the only place that really has a great group function. Uh, I know LinkedIn has groups, but it's just not the same as Facebook groups. So that's why we've been using it. But we're going to be doing a lot more on Zoom. We're running a virtual conference um, soon. That's going to all be on Zoom and not use Facebook at all. So we are starting to look at different ways to focus on the, the relationship aspect with our leads, which is what's the most important thing. The platform and the medium in which we nurture those relationships is, is changes. It's been Facebook and now we're looking at different ways to do that. If you'd like to find out more about being an excellent podcast guest to grow your business, there are links to get you started in the show notes of this episode over on soundoffpodcast.com. And fast lesson for anyone in radio, guesting on a podcast, that helps build your brand. Learn how to be a great guest. Follow Jessica. And pro tip, it'll help you become a better interviewer too. In just a second, Jessica and I talk about the difference between being a host and a guest. Which should you be? Also, the benefits of a healthier lifestyle in your business, and how does she handle all that competition? Radio people, do what Jessica does. I'll spoil it for you. She puts the blinders on. Hey, I'm Marianne Iveson 
I'm the new kid on the block in radio imaging in North America, and I'd love to work with your station the next time you want a fresh new sound. Maybe you want something slick for your CHR station. 106.7 KISS FM wants to spread the hairy love. Or a little more attitude for your rock or sports station. Choose the music. Win cash. Welcome back to school from Edmonton sports leader TSN 1260. And I even do AC. W-A-V-V. If you're a PD or decision maker, I'd love to send you a demo for your stations. Hit me up at ivisonvoice.com. That's I-V-I-S-O-N voice.com. Imaging and production for radio made easy from Megatrax Production Music. Add a sense of British flair to your productions with London's No Sheet Music. From the team behind Wise Buddha, No Sheet Music are musicians and music fans. It's as simple as that. Their albums range from contemporary to classical, orchestral to electronic, and they're always usable and sonically excellent. Don't miss the hottest sounds by adding Deep East music to your deal. Music from Deep East elevates a story and amplifies a message with a serious buzz. Always fresh and intuitive, and of course, the highest quality, they've always got their ears to the ground for the latest worldwide trends. Head on over to megatracks.com or call us at 818-255-7100 for your music licensing requests. That's M-E-G-A-T-R-A-X dot com. The Sound Off Podcast. I look back at five years ago when I first saw you and your business, and I thought, can I do something like that? And what I wound up doing turned out to be kind of the opposite of what you do. And that's I sort of built podcasts for people. There are some clients who come to me and I'm like, you know, I don't think you really want a podcast. I think you want to go see Jessica at Interview Connections and be a guest on a podcast. When is podcast guesting better than actually having a podcast for your brand? Yeah, typically, I mean, most of the people that end up coming to me and talking to me already kind of know, like, I don't want to start a podcast right now. I want to be a guest. When somebody is either or, I do typically recommend people start as a guest because I believe that you are a better host when you have experience being a guest on other shows because you're used to talking into the microphone. You can see how other hosts are running their show. I mean, every podcast host has a different format, a different way they, that they record, right? Some are here on Squadcast, some are on Zoom, some do green room chat, some dive right in. It's different. So when you can be a guest on several shows before starting your own podcast, I think you will have a leg up. You will be further ahead quicker than if you went into podcasting totally green as a host, not having any experience as a guest. The the times when I will say start your show first is if you are in a business that is so niche where there are no podcasts for you to guest on. Like it's just so specific that I'm like, I actually don't know what shows you'd be on. It's rare to find that. But sometimes I'll say, congratulations, you are going to start the first podcast about this. <laughs> you got you got to go start a show because I can't find any shows that you could be a guest on. <laughs> What's the search for those podcasts all about? Because I know one or two of the podcasts that I work with have received an email from your group saying, hey, we think we have a good guest for you do you think you can accommodate our our guests? So how much time do you guys spend searching? Well, we have three full-time team members actually that 
do research. Um, and so we have our own software and our own database that we're looking in because we have lots of podcast hosts that we pitch and book clients on that we'll keep going back to. So we have them in our database. But then every day, our research team is looking for shows that we haven't yet connected with that we want to add into our database. And so we're reaching out to them and saying like, hey, found your show. Would love to learn a little bit more about you. See if maybe we have some clients that are a fit. But we're always striving to make those relationships and connections before we send a cold pitch. Um, so our research team does a lot of Googling and, and research on the different directories to find new shows we haven't found yet. I'm sure there's a few podcasters out there who are like, you know what, I think I could probably use a few more guests. What should they be ready to give you in order to get into your database? Is it some downloads, 30-day downloads, 90? What do you look for? Yeah, we don't actually ask for downloads. I mean, it's always helpful and interesting to know that, um, but it's not, since downloads aren't public, we typically won't ask a host to provide them. Um, but we do want to know who's your target audience because we want to book our clients on podcasts where the audience of those shows are in alignment with the, the podcast um, hosts and their audience. So who's your target audience? What is your show about? What types of guests are you looking for? What topics um, and stories do you want to share with your audience, right? If somebody's like, hey, I really need an expert on Facebook ads, perfect. Here's Anna Reigns. She is your girl for Facebook ads. So those are the the main things. And like, we can look at, you know, how long have you been publishing? When did you start your show? Let's see your social media pages and your website. We can look all of that up, but knowing, you know, target audience types of guests, those are the most important things we need to know to pitch someone to you. I think you were like alone in 2016 doing this. And then all of a sudden there, there's, there, what is there, 9, 10, 11, <laughs> 43, 54, 89. Lost track. But it, you never let it face you, did, did you? I put up my blinders. Um, I don't follow my competitors. I've blocked some of them. <laughs> it's just like I'm focusing on my business and my my audience and who I can help. And I, I think that it can be helpful to know a little bit about what's going on. But I think that if you spend a lot of time paying attention to your competitors, it can really affect your mindset. It can affect your energy. Comparison is one of the biggest pitfalls of success. So I do anything I can to stay away from that pitfall. If I could just take that advice and bottle it up and <laughs> share it with every radio program director, they would be so much better off. Exactly. <laughs> You've worked many times with Allie Brown. Can you speak to her awesomeness? Yeah, Ali's amazing. I mean, when we decided that we wanted to scale to seven figures, the only person that we considered working with was Ali because that is what she's known for. That is what she has a gift for is helping female entrepreneurs at the seven figure mark, close to the seven figure mark. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I learned from her, I mean, there was a lot, obviously, but the first thing was she identified that I was doing a lot of work that I wasn't being compensated for. Like all this onboarding work that I do with clients, strategy work. She's like, why don't you charge for that? And I'm like, I didn't think I could, you know, like I thought I just, and it was like this, these blind spots that she helped point out. She helped us so much with our branding and our positioning because when you want to scale your business to serve people at a level that maybe you haven't gotten to yet, right? Because when we were like low six figures, we're working with high six and seven figure entrepreneurs, but we weren't there yet. So she really helped us understand what people at that level are looking for, what is important to them, how they make decisions, what price points are no brainer versus something they have to think about. So we learned so, so much from our time with her. Tell me about the uh, decision to drop alcohol from your mm. diet. 
What has that meant for your well-being and for your business? Oh, it's definitely changed my life. And I made a lot of changes and decisions over the last year, um, working with a relationship coach, doing a lot of work on mindset and energy. Um, but cutting out alcohol was, I think, a, a huge part of it. I just had a hard time moderating it. And, you know, as most sober people can relate to once, you know, I'm almost one year sober and there is that thought of like, I could probably just have one drink. Right. You know, but I know it's a slippery slope because I'll feel like crap after that first drink. Cause I have like no tolerance and I'm like, it's just not even worth it. So, you know, I wake up energized. I, you know, I just went on my first two week vacation at the beach since quitting drinking. And I'm like, have the energy to exercise in the morning where I used to drink like all day, every day when I went on vacation and, you know, you wake up feeling sluggish and like just, and just continue drinking. And it's just like a mess. So cutting it out has just made me feel overall so much better. And you're also building a gym in the garage. Yes. So excited about that. Yeah. I want a really good like workout room. I'm thinking about getting a rower. That's the machine that I have my eye on, but I want to get the workout space really designed and organized before like I invest in a piece of machinery. How about those hanging, you know, things that you can hang from to do the upside down yoga? Would you go back to those? Oh my God. Anti-gravity yoga. Yes. Oh my God. I hadn't even thought about that because I haven't done that in so long. That's a good idea. I might do that. I just thought it'd be better to give you this idea on the podcast rather than responding on Instagram. It just seemed thank you like the thing to do. I'm so glad that you did. That's such a good idea. I gave one to Margie actually, but she was never able to hang it up because of like the apartment she lives in. So maybe I'll try to get. I'll be like, hey, can you give that back to me? No. <laughs> what about the future of, of podcasting and guesting on podcasting? Do you see how it's going to pivot or change over the next few years? I don't see a whole lot of pivoting or changing. It's just getting more popular, you know, more people are wanting to do it. Um, More people are starting podcasts because what we see is people start working with us, they start guesting, and then six, nine months into being a guest, they start their own show. So the the industry just continues to grow. I don't want to put pressure on you, but how, how far away are you from that eight figures? Uh, well, we did two and a half million last year, so we've got a little ways to go, but we're we're scaling aggressively. So hopefully within the next couple of years. <laughs> Thank you so much for for taking the time to come back after five years for, for this catch up. You, by the way, and Interview Connections have been an inspiration for the Sound Off Media Company. You've been a pivotal part to to keeping us moving, and we've been watching you. Uh, we take notes every day. And um, we, we basically, we, we're completely plagiarizing and copying off your off your sheet. But thank you very much. Oh, thanks, Matt. It's so good to talk to you. The Sound Off Podcast is written and hosted by Matt Kundle. Produced by Evan Serminski. Social media by Courtney Krebsbach. Another great creation from the Sound Off Media Company. Imaging courtesy Core Image Studios. There's always more at soundoffpodcast.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults 
financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.